This is the Made It in Music podcast. I'm Seth Mosley, and this is Show 132. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. Hey everyone, Logan here. This episode that you are about to hear was a lot of fun for me personally because we got to hear it from one of my personal heroes. When I first started in the music industry, I joined the crew of a group called Sidewalk Profits, and I watched someone doing some really fun work behind the scenes, and his name was Matt Hadley. At the time, you could find Matt whirling around a stage doing whatever he needed to do to get that awesome photograph or video to make the group look amazing. I learned so much about content creation from him, and it was largely Matt Hadley who inspired me to pursue marketing, and here I am today, heading up marketing efforts at Full Circle Music and bringing this wonderful podcast to you lovely people. Today, Matt has his own marketing agency called Wonder Creative based here in Nashville. This episode will cover a lot, but one of the main points that Matt hits on is how to really develop your brand and your voice as an artist. It's one thing to sing songs, and it's another thing to create a platform that is actually about something. And once you know what you're about as an artist, how do you convey that to the world? We'll dive into that and more on this episode. Here we go. Here on the Made It in Music podcast with Matt Hadley of Wander Creative. Thank you so much for being here on the show with us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. So excited. You are a busy man. You've built a really incredible marketing company, mm-hmm. gone from freelancer to uh, building this little empire that you're building. And I'm excited to hear about that today. And, and I know our listeners are as well, too. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about what was the moment in time that you knew that you wanted to pursue a career in music? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, it's funny because I always, ever since I was a little kid, like they're, my, my parents have old VHS tapes of me just like we had this stand-up piano and, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I would just be you know, slamming down on the keys and uh, just singing at the top of my lungs. And and so music has always been a part of who I am. Um, growing up, I, right about middle school, kind of had the, the realization, oh, I, I love guitar. I picked up a guitar for the first time, started learning, started playing. And all through middle school and high school, I that was my vision. I was, I wanted to be a touring guitarist um, for a alternative rock band quickly came to the realization that me in front of people does not usually go so well <laughs> how did you how did you find that out was there a moment you fell off stage or what what kind of <laughs> no, happened there? I, I didn't necessarily fall off stage anywhere but uh we we did a handful of kind of small coffee shop style type shows where you know we would we we grew up in kind of a small town, and so me and a buddy of mine would would do these shows, and we would invite all of our friends from school, and you know there was probably forty or fifty people who would come to these things, and every single time, I would be going out on stage, and I would just start like drenched sweating, and could not like my hands would start shaking uncontrollably, and when you're trying to play guitar, that usually doesn't work out so well, 
Um, and, and so it was about four or five times into it, I, I came to the realization that this is not getting any better. And my stress level just kept getting higher and higher every single time. And, and so I, I said, hmm, there might be something else that I can still do that is music related that I don't necessarily have to, to be in front of people, which can sometimes terrify me. So it was the nerves that kind of forced you out of it, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I, I then as I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and, and how I might be able to, um, still put my love and passion for music in, in a career situation, I, I was having a conversation with a friend and, um, he was like, you know, there, there's a school in, in Nashville, Tennessee called Belmont that I have a buddy that, that just went to and it, like they have like this music business program to where you can learn all about, um, everything from producing, recording, uh, you can also learn about like front of house, you can learn about music publishing, marketing, uh, all that type of stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And, and so I, I started looking into it more and still at that time didn't really fully know what I wanted to do, but there were so many options and opportunities there that, that I decided to, to go ahead and take the, the plunge, go to Belmont. And through that, had several different passions that started to align really well, um, you know, in terms of I loved creative writing. And so some of the PR side of things kind of intrigued me. Um, I also really enjoyed videography and photography. And so some of those creative elements um, also just started to, to develop inside me. And, and then one thing led to another and kind of snowballed into just kind of figuring it out and, and making a way. So what was the journey? Obviously, people go to college a lot of the times not knowing what they want the end result to be. Mm. Um, when did you kind of figure out your thing? Like, what was the process after you graduated? Did you go get an internship somewhere? Or what kind of, what did you do after that to figure it out? Yeah, so in college, I, I did several different internships. Um, you know, learned a lot of really valuable things through those internships. And one of the internships was actually uh, at a, a PR firm uh, based here in, in the Nashville area. And um, I actually think that they were on one of the, the Made It in Music episodes with Velvet Kelm yeah, uh, of absolutely. the Media Collective. Yeah. And so I interned with her the, my very last semester of college. And then uh, when it was time for me to graduate, she was like, hey, would you actually want to come on staff full time? And so I, I agreed to that. I mean, um, it was a great opportunity. It was there for um, about a year or so. And then through that, realized there were aspects of it that I loved, but also, um, again, being an introvert and not loving putting myself out there, there were elements of being a publicist, or at the time I was a, a publicist assistant, um, that that just didn't really mesh with my personality. Sure. When for a publicist, you you always kind of have to be on. You always have to, you know, not that you're selling your your artist uh, or your client that you're working for, but you kind of have to really be that spokesperson and and just get everyone around you excited about that. And and sometimes that's not my personality. Um, yeah. So talk about that. Did you then? 
leave and, and, and kind of go out on your own or hit the road? Or what, what kind of led you into the next chapter in your career, which is, you know, for a long time you were doing freelance work. Yeah. What was, what was the journey into that? Yeah. So after, uh, you know, after my time at, at the media collective, um, I, I went and freelanced for, uh, about a year just doing various odd jobs, anything I could get my hands on, whether that was graphic design, uh, you know, doing a few photo shoots here and there, uh, making a few like little promo videos, stuff like that. Uh, and then it was, I guess the fall of 2012, um, one of my buddies shot me a text and was like, hey, I have um, a friend who is in a band called Sidewalk Profits, and they're looking for someone to potentially travel with them, go on the road, just shoot content and and get as much video content, photos of the shows, all that type of stuff behind the scenes. And uh, it, it sounded like a great opportunity. And so I um, connected with one of the, the band guys who was kind of leading that up. Uh, and you know we we really clicked and and kicked it off well, and then I started traveling with them, had camera in my hand pretty much um all the time, just capturing whatever I could, whether that was them doing interviews uh them doing uh, you know making their record um like everything. I think that's when we met. I think we were working on a on a on a record for that band yeah. and I think you were around with a camera. Yeah, that's right. The I, whole time. So. Yeah, so yeah, that was a, a few years back I think on their um I think it was their something different album. Yeah, and that's Sidewalk Profits, right? Correct. For yes. just, for people who want to go back and look that up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how did you turn that into Wander Creative? How did you go from freelancer to starting your own company? Yeah, so through through traveling with Sidewalk, um, you know, obviously my main role was um, managing their socials and, and getting content to to fill their social feeds. And through that, um, it, it it was kind of early in like now that's very common for a lot of bands to have um, that, that are full time touring bands. They'll a lot of times have someone on the road that kind of facilitates that. Uh, at the time, it wasn't quite as common. Um, and so we had a, a few different people that we were on tour with that would be like, hey, you're already out here. Like, do you mind shooting some photos for, for me so that I have stuff for socials? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm already out here. And, um, and so that kind of led to other people calling and needing other things. Uh, and we eventually got uh, so busy that... I, I was like, okay, I have to make a decision to where either I kind of go back to the freelance mentality or I stay on with Sidewalk and, and continue traveling with them full time. And so that's when I shifted a little bit back into the freelance. But at that point is when I kind of had the the focus and the vision. I want this to be bigger than just myself. I want it to be able to um, actually become a business and, and be scalable and, and sustainable. Mm, so good. So let's really drill into the core of what it is that you guys do at Wander Creative. Why do you think it's so important for artists to understand content, to understand media, to understand marketing nowadays? Why is that such a crucial uh, facet? Yeah, I mean, there there are so many people online right now. And I mean, it's it, it's interesting because we've never 
in the entire history of of the world, there has never been a time where people can be so connected uh, and and so aware of what is going on around them. And and so really what what I try to do with my clients and at Wander Creative, we try to do with everyone we work with is how can we break through that noise of, you know, people getting emails every few minutes of the day, people getting Instagram messages. Um, I mean, there's so many different avenues and areas that you can consume information and and it is important to to be able to kind of have a pulse on each of those and know where people might be that would be interested in your music or in in whatever you're trying to to sell whether that is a product whether it's merch whether it's concert tickets um, or at the end of the day the music itself uh, so really just being able to to build that brand and be able to to market that brand to um, to really push through the noise and, and make sure people are paying attention. And you hit on something really important. You, you talk about this word brand. I think a lot of mm. artists start out getting into music literally just thinking about the music. Right. There's no focus whatsoever on how can I build me as a brand. Right. Can you talk about the difference cuz i mean there's there's a there's a massive difference yeah i mean obviously it it does start with the music like and and that is always an important thing like if if you people who are talented are always going to be able to, and and people who have really great songs are always going to to be able to find their way um now with that there are people who might be even more talented that don't have the same level of success as someone who might not quite be as talented, but they have been able to figure out and tap into what we were just talking about, which is what is my brand. And essentially all that really at the end of the day means is what is that story about me or about my music, why I do what I do that resonates with people and how can I basically tell that message over and over and over again until people start to think of me in that light and in that perspective. That's good. So if an artist is concerned about that, what you just said, you know, I'm worried that I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Am I going to burn my people out? I mean, what do you, what's your response to that? Absolutely not. Like what you have to realize is it, you might sound like a broken record to yourself, but to the rest of the world, it isn't not that it's falling on deaf ears, but people are in their own world. They're consumed, for lack of a better word, they're consumed with themselves. And so the more that you can position yourself to be in front of them and to be able to have that very digestible soundbite that someone can latch onto, whether that is a soundbite or whether it is an imaging or whether it is, um, you know, just consistency and, and even, you know, little things like font styles, like stuff like that, um, those things that are going to make people remember you, even if it is just going through Instagram and then kind of in passing being like, oh yeah, there was something different about that. There was something that really stuck out from that moment. Sure. So thinking about an up and coming artist out there, at what point should an artist just be focusing on getting really good at their craft, learning the marketing and creative side versus engaging with a company like yours? Like, is there a a tipping point, you know, where, where does somebody need to be and, and how long can they kind of keep it going just within their own grassroots efforts? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that 
it, it's a little bit different for everyone. Um, it it is such an important thing that that you do need to be able to focus time and energy on, and some artists have that desire within themselves to be able to to have that time and energy that they want to pour in on that. And other artists are just like, no, I just really want to focus on the music. So it, it is a little bit different um, for everyone, depending on if it just comes naturally or if it is something that that they could really care less about. That That can kind of play into it. But typically what we encourage people to do is people want to come to you because of you. And is if you are the one that is telling your own story, then that's going to be a lot more convincing than if we are trying to force a story on onto your audience. Mm. Uh, people will really be able to see through that quickly. So what we typically try to say is really craft your voice, craft your vision, and as soon as you kind of get to that point to where you just don't have the time or energy to continue doing that, then come talk with us or, or someone like us and, and either get our perspective, our feedback, whether it is just kind of on a consulting type basis or someone who actually is fully executing campaigns and uh, running with your socials. Sure. Man, and I love that you hit on that because I think a lot of artists, though they may love the idea of just offloading it to somebody else, they, they got to realize that it still has to be them. It has to be their heart. Right. So how does an artist go about finding their voice? How do they, I like how you put it like that, crafting their um, their way of saying things. How, how do they do that? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, it's, it's kind of like finding the voice of a song. Like if you kind of take the analogy of songwriting, um, you know, every song is going to, to have that that life, it's going to have that story, and and really, almost taking the same approach of okay, if if I was a song or if I was a story, what would that be? And I think in kind of unpacking that and taking taking a lot of those thematic elements of all right, who am I? Why am I doing this? What about my story is intriguing not just to me but maybe to my friends having some of those conversations and even being able to to bounce some of those ideas off of people it, that that really is going to start to unfold and you're then going to be able to to find that voicing and then mm. continue to unpack it from there and that's a great way to put it and you you've been able to help a lot of artists do that and to develop that and to pull amazing, compelling content out of them. Can you share any maybe big wins that you've experienced over the past couple of years as Wander Creative for, um, you know, maybe if you want to share even a specific client story, if you're able to, um, anything that kind of comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, we, we've had, a, a, we've been really blessed to be able to work with a lot of the clients we've been able to work with, um, you know, especially... Uh, We've worked with a lot of people, specifically within the, the Christian contemporary Christian music industry. Um, and so, I mean, we've worked with from everybody like Toby Mack and, and Chris Tomlin, Francesca Battistelli, um, and and there's been so many amazing things about those particular um, clients and, and a lot of those projects. But I think one of my favorite things is um, more of a up and coming. Uh, client of ours that, that we've been working with for uh, the past 12 months or so. Um, it's a, a small band uh, called Austin and Lindsay Adamick. Um, so they are a, a 
husband and wife worship duo based out of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And what really makes them, the reason I love their story is because when we came, when they came to us, they had a very specific vision that they wanted us to help get that out, um, be able to, to effectively tell that story, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, when they came to us, they were completely independent. Um, they, they had some singles. They had an album they, they had released a few years ago. Um, but for all intents and purposes, they were kind of hitting the, the refresh button on, on their brand, so to speak. Um, and so we'd been working with them. And one of the things that they really wanted to do is they wanted to be intentional about connecting with their community, whether that was on socials, but specifically they wanted to find unique and creative ways to connect with their community via text messages and as well as email. So we were able to effectively do a lot of those and, and implement a lot of those tactics. Um, but one of their big hopes was to be able to to create something that a larger team would be interested in coming alongside them and, and working with them as well. Meaning ultimately, you know, signing to a label mm-hmm. or something of yeah. that sort. Yeah, and so um, that that was the ultimate goal was um, they, they wanted management, uh, which at the time when we very first started with them, they, they didn't have management. Um, I think they, they had conversations and, and within the first month or so, they solidified a manager. Um, but the, the big goal definitely was to get signed. Um, and within, uh, la- I guess it was last October, uh, which was about month seven or eight of working with them, they got approached by a label and um, later signed to them. And so that was something that was really exciting to be able to walk alongside them kind of through all of um, the entire journey of just seeing them as an indie artist that were playing these shows here and there and kind of helped them put all the pieces together in a, in a way that, that did make it enticing for, for a label to want to sign them. That's awesome. And, and what did that look like in, in specifics? You know, I mean, we talk a lot about labels looking for numbers and social proof and different things, but in, in their case, what were some of the, the wins that they maybe experienced uh, working with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we really wanted to focus in on was making a cohesive image um, so that whether it was someone looking on Facebook, um, that that image was very distinct. Um, they, they wanted something that was raw yet polished. They wanted something that um, felt very organic um, but was still very relatable. And, and so we were able to, to work with them uh, to get various lifestyle style photos, um, which basically just means not like a full-on photo shoot type situation, but it still looked very polished. It looked very um, high-res photos, but it was a little bit more lo-fi in the sense of they were just kind of doing everyday life. Um, it wasn't like they were posing on a side of a cliff or something <laughs> right, to right. kind of band photo. Exactly, like yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, being able to get some of that type of photos and uh, some of those elements that, that really kind of branded them and, and gave them that distinct imaging, um, but then also be able to, to grow their, um, you know, when, when they came to us at first, I think their Instagram following had seven or 8,000 and, and we were able to, to grow that. By the time they got signed, um, you know, we added another 10,000 to that just by doing various tactics 
uh, at the show uh, with their merch stand, making sure that they were doing different um, promos, whether that was follow us and get 10% off at the, either the online merch store or in person, uh, doing different type of contests, stuff like that, um, as well as uh, one of the things that we found that was really effective doing a SMS text campaign in the show, uh, in their live performances, where basically they, they had a song written that was very special to them, um, and they wanted to, so they wrote a devotional around that. I think it was like a three-day devotional or something like that. And what we ended up doing was we, we basically created an email drip campaign, uh, which basically just means it's all completely automated, and each day of the devotional as soon as someone signed up for it, they would then get that day. The next day they would get day two. The next day they would get day three. Um, basically what we did to, to really leverage their live audiences since they were playing so many shows was right before the song came up, they would say something like, hey, this song is so special to us. Um, and, and so we wrote a devotional around this. We would like to give that to you for free if you text in this keyword to this number, it'll send straight to your uh, email inbox every morning. And, you know, that was one of the most effective ways of growing not only their text list and their email list, which when it came time to market a new merch piece or a new tour, those are always going to be the things that are really kind of the, that moneymaker, so to speak, even more so than, than socials. Um, but then we were also able to put touch points of, hey, go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us. Be sure to check us out on Spotify and pre-save and make playlists, all that type of yeah. stuff. That's awesome. That's a great great success story, and it's no wonder that yeah. they have gotten the industry attention that they have. And you, you touched on contests as a big part of that from a growth strategy point. And um, after the interview, we're going to do what we are calling our deeper dive segment, and we're going to talk a little more specific on how you execute those kind of contests. So yeah. if listeners are interested in hearing more about that, how they can use contests to grow their fan bases, they can just get that all at madeitmusic.com. Go to the episodes page, find this Matt Hadley episode, and it'll be uh, linked right there for them. So um, let's move on to the next part. Let's say I'm an artist that comes to you, and I'm like, Matt, I've got 20 hours a month and let's just say $800 a month that I can budget to spend on marketing my music, marketing me as an artist. Mm. What should I do with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say with the man hours, create as much content as you can, specifically video content. Um, you know, there's, there's a stat out there right now that by the end of this year, by the end of 2019, um, it is estimated that over 70% of online consumption is going to be video consumption. Um, so take those man hours, whether it's you know creating cover videos or just creating liner style videos, even just like very, very chill, very organic iPhone selfie style videos where you're just, you know, saying, hey, everybody, like, what's up? I want to ask me questions, use, you know, Instagram has all the fun stickers now to where you can like do question and answer type things. Um, just create as much of that type of content that is going to really engage your audience and invite your audience to be a part of your journey. Um, 
So use the man hours, use the time to create that type of content. And then I would leverage the money, uh, you know, if it's 800 bucks a month or so, use that on Facebook ads to be able to to grow your numbers, to be able to grow your platform. Um, and specifically when you're talking about numbers, are you saying in terms of like, like Facebook page likes or what would you be kind of judging as a success metric for that? Yeah, I mean, I, the definitely Facebook page likes are obviously going to be um, the very easy base foundation of that. Um, what we internally at Wander Creative have started to, to really put an emphasis on is actually your engagement rate. Um, basically, all algorithms across all platforms, whether it is YouTube, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, even Spotify now, um, they are all algorithmic-based uh, platforms. And so basically what they typically look at is how are people engaging with this entity or this brand? And in our instance, it would be a, an artist. How are people engaging with this artist? Are they actually consuming the content that... Um, that they're putting out there? Are they spending time? Are they liking it? Are they commenting on it? And we have found that the higher we can get that engagement rate, the more naturally organic stuff will start to happen, such as uh, Facebook page likes and, and subscribers and all that type of stuff. Is that accomplished through, you know, boost, just boosting posts or creating specific ads and targeting certain fan bases? Or what, what would you advise them to kind of focus their efforts on? Yeah, it would be a little bit of a combination of, of both of those that you just mentioned. Uh, obviously, boosted posts are going to be quick and easy ways to, to get more eyeballs on the content, and so there are more opportunities for people to engage uh, with your content at that point. Uh, the other thing that we put a lot of emphasis on is actual sponsored ads and, and sponsored posts, um, which basically all that is is an actual... With a boosted post, you're going to to put out something and just as an organic post, and then after the fact, you might come in and say, hey, I want to throw 10, 20 bucks at this to, to get more eyeballs on it. Whereas a sponsored post is something you actually build as an ad um, within you know any of the platforms. And then that is service to people either in their Facebook feed or... Um, on YouTube, it might be you know those ads that you see before you actually watch the music video you're wanting to watch. Um, we found a lot of success in, in that type of ad advertisement as well. On creating a YouTube video ad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So let's say I'm an artist that comes to you and I say, I don't have any money, I'm broke, I'm trying to make it, I'm writing my music, putting it out. Mm -hmm. I don't have money, but I have lots of time. And I want to focus on marketing. What should I do? I, I would say... Spend as much time as you possibly can engaging with your audience, uh, whether it's, it is so important if someone messages you on Facebook or even if they leave a comment, be sure to reply to that, hit like, do whatever you can to make that person feel special. Um, and then as well, go to other bands that might be like you. Like if you, you know, if you are a worship artist, Go um, go on to to Bethel's feed and and start having conversations with people there. And obviously, you don't want to be the annoying person who's like, "Hey, come <laughs> check out my music. I'm really awesome too." But like, if you if you 
start to engage in honest and authentic dialogue and say, hey, like this song has really ministered to me and speak to me, um, and you just start having those types of communications, you are going to organically start to get those people are like, oh, like we have community now. And, and at the end of the day, that's what social media is all about is that community. And mm. so anything you can do to build that community is is going to benefit you in the long run. Good. It's about the, the fan connection. So um, are there any new or breakthrough marketing tools or tactics or strategies that are really working for you guys right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because I, I feel like new is always a relative term. Um, it's it's something to where five years ago, a lot of people were writing off email marketing, for instance. They were like, no, you spend all your time on Facebook, spend all of your time on on YouTube or, or whatever. And whereas now the trend is starting to come back to what what can you own? Because obviously all of the Facebook likes that you have, Facebook owns those. Like at the end of the day, if Facebook decides to completely shift and, and go a different direction, well, there goes all of your followers. Whereas email list is you own that. Like even if you if you're using MailChimp, for instance, and you decide to to go to a different email provider, you can take that list and go. Whereas if you try to leave Facebook, they're not going to give you your likes to go to you right. know, Twitter or wherever. It's theirs. They, it's they theirs. Own it. yeah. um, so I, I would say in terms of, of that, just really focus in on um, focus in on email and making sure that you have a, a really strong at the end of the day, you're running a business. So let it look like a business without feeling like a business, obviously. Um, so making sure that you have email funnels set up to where as soon as someone signs up for your email list, they should be getting, they should be put into a drip campaign that they automatically get an email that's like, hey, thanks for following along. I would encourage to to put put merch deals in there, put a 10% off, just thanks for following. Here's 10% off, whatever. So really, in terms of that, it's not necessarily a new method of marketing, but it's something that so few people, and especially artists, are doing that if you just take the time, then then you're going to be set up for success. Sure. So how important is it for artists to have somebody, let's call it boots on the ground, kind of like you used to be out with, with Sidewalk Profits. You were there. You were in person all the time capturing content. Mm-hmm. How is it important for an artist to have somebody like that. It could even be a band member or a spouse or a friend you know, that they're maybe not necessarily even paying. But yeah. um, how important is it for them to have a person like that out with them versus working with like a remote agency, something like what, what you guys are? Yeah. I mean, in, in an ideal world, you would have both. Um, you, you would have someone who is constantly capturing content and, and just feeding it to the agency to be able to to be posting and doing with it in whether it's Instagram, email, like all of the, like everything we've already been talking about, an agency is going to probably have more time and resources to be able to devote to getting that where it needs to go and using it in the most effective way. So in an ideal world, you would have both. And also, in, in practicality, that can get very expensive very quickly. Um, so, I mean, if you are, are having to choose between one or the other, I would lean a little bit more towards 
probably trying to find an agency approach because to be able to get content from various shows, a lot of venues have a staff person who is probably snapping photos or a lot of local places might be, they, they might have someone on the ground shooting for a local newspaper that you can then say, hey, can I throw you 25 or 50 bucks to, to be able to use a couple of those shots? Um, and so it's a lot easier to kind of um, cherry pick that and be able to, to pull those pieces together. Um, whereas if you have someone who's just thinking strategically 24-7 on your behalf, I think that's probably going to help you in the long term. Yeah. So let's shift focus and talk a little bit about what if there's an, somebody in the audience listening and they're interested in getting into the business side of, of, the, of the music. Maybe they want to work in music marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they ultimately want to work for an agency. Um, what would be a great kind of course of action for them? Where should they start in terms of getting just getting their feet wet into it and building a foundation for that to actually happen? It goes back to the same mentality of even doing what I suggested on the online presence of making sure you're building that community online and engaging and, and building relationships. But now I'm going to say the same thing, but just in real life. Um, you know, Be as present as you can be at whether it's going to, to shows of bands that might be similar to you and, and striking up a conversation with the front of house guy or um, you know, trying to, to meet as many people as you possibly can, whether that is um, you know, if you're in college doing as many internships as you can. Uh, there's so many great opportunities. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to email people and, and try to you know, strike up a conversation or say, hey, can, can I go get coffee with you to pick your brain? Like there are most of the people I've met in this industry that has helped me along the way are not too good, so to speak, to, to take time out of their day. Like Absolutely. And, and that's a big reason of why we do what we do. So even for our people listening, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said and, and put that out there that, um, and you may have the similar type of opportunities, but we have an ongoing internship and apprenticeship program mm-hmm. here at Full Circle Music where we are constantly looking for people who want to learn the business, who want to yeah. come and get into music marketing, who want to get into learning how record labels run and how publishing companies run. So, um, man, I'll just put it out there on, on this episode that if people are interested in that, they can just go ahead and sit, shoot an email to support at fullcirclemusic.com. And I'm sure that you always have, um, you know, people that are they're coming up under you as well, too, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, same with us. We, we have internship opportunities and, um, you know, we, I feel like I'm, oh, I'm always willing to, if someone shoots an email, i it might take me a few days, but I try to get back to them. I try to say, hey, keep it up. Um, you know, the same thing with, with Wander. Our, our email is info at wandercreative.com, and we have internship opportunities. And even if you just have questions, you know, I'm, we're, we're willing to answer as best as we can. That is awesome. <laughs> okay, we are going to dive into our last part of the interview, which we are calling... Lightning Round. Okay. Are you ready for this? Wow, sounds intense. Let's talk about the best advice ever given to you. What Ooh. is that? Best advice ever given to me. To be persistent, but not annoying. I love it. Well stated. Top goal for this next year. Ooh, top goal for this next year. 
we, as a company, uh, we've been trying to, obviously music is our main focus and that's where we want to be. Um, but we do also have a goal to broaden into some other areas, specifically the uh, film world. And so to be one of our top goals is probably to, to work a film project. Yeah. Uh, first concert you ever went to? Garth Brooks. All right. I grew up in Texas, so. I love it. <laughs> Still rocking it. Top trait in the successful artists that you work with? I don't know exactly how, if this is a trait or not, but they just, they know who they are and they're not afraid of being who they are. That's good. So maybe self-awareness? Yeah. Something yeah, like that? Yeah, there okay. you go. And then lastly, last question of the lightning round, favorite marketing tool? Favorite marketing tool? Um, I would probably say Facebook Ads Manager, just because that is where I spend a lot of my day. That is awesome. Well, how can people connect with you? Can they, can they connect with you on socials or website? How can people find Wander Creative? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our, our, we have a website. It's just wandercreative.com. Um, and that's W-A-N-D-E-R as in not all who wander are lost or I'm wandering yes. around, you know, all that. All, all of the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, YouTube, and all of it is literally Wander Creative. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time here. And for those who are interested, we are going to do a quick deep dive into how you use contests to build fan bases. The listeners can find that at madeitmusic.com. Go to the episodes, and it's in the show notes there. So, Matt Hadley, thank you so much for being here with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Matt for sharing so much with us and with you. If you want to check out what Matt is doing with Wonder Creative, go to his website at wondercreative.com. That's wonder with an A, like wonder around. Again, wondercreative.com. We do have a deep dive with Matt Hadley where we talk about contests. I know that this is something that a lot of you have been curious about. And here's a quick question. What is one of the fastest ways to grow on social media? Using contests and giveaways. What's one of the best ways to lose money really fast? Failing to have the right strategy for your contests and giveaways. In this deep dive, Seth and Matt unpack contests and talk about how Matt recommends you approach them to actually make them successful. So you can check that out at madeitinmusic.com. You can sign up for the deep dives right there on our homepage for free. Again, that's madeitinmusic.com. You can also get the show notes and resources for this episode at madeitinmusic.com slash 132. Also, fun fact, obviously leading our marketing team here at Full Circle Music, I really love marketing. And I've actually created a full marketing course that reveals almost everything you could want to know about launching your brand online, growing an audience, and actually making money. This is especially relevant to musicians who want to present themselves as professionals and create relationships with new fans automatically while you sleep. This course will be releasing soon, and to get on the waitlist for it, you can go to musicmarketingtraining.com. Again, that's musicmarketingtraining.com. Thanks for hanging out today, and we're going to leave you with another song from one of you today. This song was produced through our Bridge House program. If you would like to know more about that program, you can shoot us an email at support at fullcirclemusic.com or chat with us right on the homepage of our main website, fullcirclemusic.com. All right, this song is called Make Away by Dave Herring. Make away by Dave Herring.